Here the old gods are dead. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. My coconuts. <laughs> Welcome back to the <laughs> <AP> podcast. <laughs> I'm Rebecca with Liam. Oh, we're actually using that. <laughs> yeah, we're using that. Oh, I couldn't think of where you started. <laughs> split intro, split intro. Um, imagine this was a radio show. That's how I like to think sometimes. Uh, maybe like, I'll I'm get Jimmy one of these soundboards where it's got like an air horn. <laughs> listen <laughs> listen <laughs> to the radios insufferable. Like the only time I ever hear the radio is when I'm at the hairdressers or the dentist. It just fits the two vibes, and that's it. Like I can't. Like I've took the antenna off my car. I simply cannot listen to the radio. I only well, listen I, to podcasts. When I was working in a restaurant last year, uh, it was absolute radio around the clock. But he had like the the chef had the premium subscription, so there was like less like talking stuff and extra songs. I do like absolute. I like absolute and I like smooth. Anybody anybody else remember it was this one specific out in myself as somebody who used to listen to Biffy Clyro, right? But No, because in me like, too. <laughs> in like in like twenty ten, whenever many horror came out, if you downloaded it for like LimeWire or something, it would start it would be like absolute radio. And then it would just be <laughs> Biffy Clyro that it would play. Can anybody, does anybody else, did anybody else say that file? Let me can. <laughs> DM us. <laughs> I didn't, but my dad probably did. Yeah, I'll ask him. I had it on my, like, a fake iPod. And it had, like, a wee, a wee circle in the middle. Of it. Can it, it was to look oh. like an iPod Nano, but if you press it too hard, your finger would just go straight through the buttons <laughs> and into the back, into the motherboard. <laughs> I loved the little MP3 players that were, like, like, they looked like a tiny little, like, beats pill or something like you know you got them in like red or blue oh it was like a usb drive yeah cunty. i love those cunty we should bring those back I, oh creepy we podcast merch pre- and we release uh just <laughs> an mp3 player <laughs> that you stick in as With a the episodes lo- loaded yeah. <laughs> actual trend predictor here like they will actually come back into fashion yeah like Although, the mcdonald's happy meal things that just play I, one song because mind, <laughs> mind the <laughs> mcdonald's toys that had like sonic and spyro very iconic i had this very shadow iconic. the hedgehog one who else fancied shadow i always, 
I me. I always wanted that though. I I got like the Sonic one, like the Tails one. I still have them. I had the Tails one. Was severely disappointed when I got the Tails one. <laughs> I no like offense him. He's to that. He's, he's girly. Pop. Yeah, he's he's queer like us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you um, hated him. It was like looking in a reflection. Yeah, I was like, there's something about him that I don't like. <laughs> Battling your demons. <laughs> Sorry we're late, also. Uh, we're yeah. a week late. I hope it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> With a long-awaited start of the Mary Queen of Scots trilogy. Why did we not record last week? Was it me? You started a new job. That's true. And also, I wanted more time to research. I was like... I need more time to research. You need time to get to grips with your change in scenery. So yeah. we postponed for a week. So all with good reason. Yeah. And this week I have a UTI and I'm fighting through it. So <laughs> monetize all way. content. <laughs> <laughs> it's something to talk about. It's something to talk about. When we have our own when we have our own Wendy Williams show. Who here's had a UTI? so stupid i miss her check under your seats for a pint of water <laughs> you get cranberry juice you get cranberry juice. um no, ins and outs for this week outs peeing normally <laughs> ins water retention um <laughs> no it's been rough my ins this week the Scream franchise. I've been re-watching them all uh, and watched the latest one for the first time. The most camp villain reveal of all time. I was in the cinema and I was like vibing where I was like obviously find it funny. It's always funny when there's a villain reveal in Scream and it's always extravagant. But the words fandom came at someone's mouth <laughs> and I was like, hmm. Shivers down the really spine. Re- I've been re- I've been removed for this experience slightly <laughs> by the Tumblr talk. <laughs> Falling inside yourself for real. Good for her. What's my my in? I went to see Don't Worry, Darling, um, which has been like under fire like for critics. I think it was meant to do with like all the drama that was surrounding it. I think it's really really good, and Except. I would excellent. My I was Harry Styles. <laughs> Um, I would I would recommend to anybody to go and watch it because the story's good, the cinematography's brilliant, the music's brilliant, um, the wardrobe great, Florence Pugh absolutely amazing, Olivia Wilde really good in it too, and obviously like everybody else, a pair for Harry Styles. That is my only beef with it is the fact that like there's like really really tense scenes between Florence Pugh and Harry Styles, and she is absolutely bodying him. And it's so obvious as soon as he, no, even opens his mouth, just reacts to what she's saying, like, like physically, and then he speaks, and it's even worse because I was like, he's got that like weird Australian American English accent, and me and the folk who I went to see it with were like, is he, is he English? Is he American? Like I can't tell. And then like halfway through the film, they say, oh, you Brits. And I was like, oh, he is English. (laughs) And everybody in the cinema went (gasps) and like looked at each other. And I was like, that is bad. But I would still recommend anybody to go and see Don't Worry Darling. Like if you've like seen or read The Stepford Wives, it's like a mere modern kind of interpretation of that. With like themes of like incel 
and stuff. It's it's unusual. It's unsettling. You could see that Shia LaBeouf would have been a good casting. A good fit. <laughs> yeah, because he's a fucking creep. Um, but good that he didn't get cast, I guess. Do you have an out? TikTok psychology. I'm TikTok sick of anything. it. I'm TikTok so sick. Although I love to like find that one video a day that's actually worth my time seeing scrolling. After by. scrolling on it <laughs> for four hours. Yeah, like doom um, scrolling for hours and then going, <laughs> and that makes it worth it. <laughs> yeah, folk on TikTok love to give a buzzword. What is this? Is it like people diagnosing themselves? Everything is ADHD. I'm like, not everything can be, or like everything's ADHD or autism. I'm like, not everything can be a developmental disorder. It wouldn't be a disorder if it was like everyone, no? Yeah. Should we get to the meat of this episode? Do we have spooky holes today? Uh, You know what? I've been in an audiobook and written word era um, researching for this episode specifically. So if you have sent in a spooky hole and you're like, why will these bitches not read it? It's because I forgot. Because we have ADHD. <laughs> I actually um, do, so I'm going to say that. But um... <laughs> could a person with ADHD make this? And it's my spooky hole spreadsheet. Let's get <laughs> these stories and names on it. <laughs> um, no, um, sorry, I do I have one. If you don't, oh, go for it, please. Okay, okay. So I was in Little the other day, and it was. <laughs> I was at the biscuit aisle, and I was just so drawn to like a packet of shortbread and (laughs) when I got home I opened it and I shit you not the ghost of Mary Queen of Scots jumped out of the shortbread packet (laughs) and said you have freed me I never need to haunt anywhere again not like I'm picturing um what's that Greek myth where that Pandora's box box. (laughs) all the cuntiness in the world was trapped inside that shortbread packet i have spent the last like year slagging into everybody who references mary queen of scots and then read a book about her and i was like oh (laughs) i'm like i can see why (laughs) living long enough to see yourself become the villain anyway we'll take a wee break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about mary queen of scots i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On a dark and stormy night in the winter of 1542, Scotland is massively bankrupt and embarrassed by losing to the English at the Battle of Saw Weymouth. I'm kidding, I'm actually not going to read like that. Anyway, the Scottish nobility... I was which so really... scared. <laughs> the Scottish nobility, which had barely recovered from the losses of the Battle of Flodden a generation before, was now struck again by the deaths of their leaders. Many prominent survivors were being held prisoner in England, whilst the rest fought amongst themselves and tried to gain back some status instead of worrying about their monarchy. On top of this, the Church of Scotland, which was still officially Catholic for the next 17 years, was torn between factions of Catholicism and Protestantism. The Stuart King during this flopulous era was James V. Flopulous? (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard that. That's rocked my fucking world. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it fits. Scotland was in a serious place of flop. So, King James V who had led these people to defeat, was dying of an illness which had been brought on with stress and embarrassment. My main source, Antonia Fraser, writes, When James died on the 14th of December 1542, even the bravest prince might have shrunk from the Herculean task of succeeding him. But James's actual successor was a weakly female child born only six <laughs> days before, his daughter, the new Queen of Scotland. So as James is lying dying in his wee sick bed, a messenger comes and tells him the news that the Queen had given birth to a daughter. And everybody hoped that the King might cheer up considering that he had finally got an heir again and he was dying. So like, might have found some respite in that. But instead, James says this, Adieu, farewell, it came well ass, and it'll pass well ass. And this is him referencing the marriage of Marjorie Bruce and Walter Stewart, which had founded the Stewart dynasty. And then it's curtains for him. That's basically the last thing he says. A lot of people like falsely okay. attribute his death to hearing the news he having a daughter. Like he's so dis- disparaged by having a daughter that he just like flees back and dies. <laughs> the theatricality of it. He was the real Queen of Scots. Like, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> <laughs> not true though he didn't actually like like i'm sure he wasn't best pleased that it wasn't a son that he had but like at least he had an heir regardless i think he was more concerned about the fact that he'd like basically destroyed scotland and left it to a baby mary's six days old when she becomes queen meaning that scotland is ruled by regents in her steed so the first is her heir james hamilton early aaron and then later he's succeeded by Mary's French noble mother, Mary Egies. During the early years of Mary's life, Henry VIII ordered an invasion of Scotland because he wanted to bring an end to the old alliance, which was a friendship that Scotland had with France because they were both Catholic, Catholic. countries. And then obviously yeah. Mary Egies kind of 
like strengthens that relationship. It's a strategic marriage to marry Mary Guise to James the Fifth. She actually didn't want to marry him, and eventually, when her prospects were running out, she was like, "Fine, I'll marry him." So, because <laughs> she's not like French royalty, she's like French nobility. The Guises are a really powerful family in France. Um, Henry the Eighth really pissed off with Scotland. He's also pissed off because the Treaty of Greenwich, which was a treaty to marry Mary to Henry's son Edward had been rejected and they were kind of like looking for other marriage prospects for Mary. They were like, we're no gay near the Scottish throne to the English. Like that's not happening. Although we all can how that goes. Yeah. With the government of Scotland favouring France, Henry intended to force the Scots into changing their mind. This period would become known as the rough wooing. The English attacked Edinburgh and they attacked Berwick-upon-Tweed where they burned down houses in the area and pillaged and murdered and all the other horrors of war that you can imagine. The Scots eventually defeated the English at the Battle of Ancrum Moor in 1545. After Henry's death, his son's regency would go on to slaughter the Scottish armies in the Battle of Pinkey. And during this time, Baby Mary was moved to Inchmahone Priory, whilst the remaining Scottish nobles turned to France for help. King Henry II of France proposed to unite France and Scotland by marrying the young queen to his three-year-old son, the Dauphin, Francis. On the promise of French military help and a French dukedom for himself, the early Aaron agreed to the marriage. And where a marriage agreement in place, the now five-year-old Mary was sent to France to spend the next 13 years at the French court. Yeah, well, it's no secret that, like, her years growing up in France perhaps were not the most advantageous for, like, setting her up for a throne in Scotland, possibly through a few spanners in the works that eventually Uh. kind of contributed to her demise. Uh, But living in France, she had like her own entourage um, (laughs) of like, that consisted of like, well, it's called her court, but her own entourage, which is her two illegitimate brothers. And then four other girls called Mary. (laughs) Calm, calm, I love this. (laughs) They're all like, they're all daughters from noble families and there's mary fleming mary seaton mary beaton and mary livingston and i just imagine <laughs> them like uh the ashleys from recess that and is literally Ma- what i was gonna say <laughs> and mary queen of scots is like ashley spinelli like spinelli who's also an ashley so that's the you could one. also put this into perspective with the heathers and veronica yes that is what i was thinking the but it's funny that it's all mary 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 and mary and mary Love it. <laughs> or Marie, since they were in France. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or not, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually really obsessed with it, though, but it's so cultish. But yeah, her and her girls were tight. Like, they did a lot of things together. We'll get on to that, but they were tight (laughs) Um, but on top of having the full posse Mary learned many skills in France such as playing the lute the virginals she learned horsemanship poetry and prose needlework falconry which I thought was a wild card but she Mm. also spoke French Italian Latin Spanish and Greek on top of English Mary was raised along with the other kids of the the French court, including Dauphin Francis, but the court wasn't a fixed entity and they were constantly moved about basically for refurbishment of prior places, which is like, no wonder she loved it so much because like, she like got to go through so many extravagant little like summer holidays. Like it was like Real Housewives 
girls trip every day of the week like <laughs> good for her but along with this there was like mounting bankruptcy towards the french nobility and monarchy uh, <laughs> which i is think fine. that may continue yeah probably <laughs> but um, who knows what the future of the french monarchy holds <laughs> at this point in time <laughs> yeah i wonder what happened to them anyway <laughs> um they even had like many pets like exotic pets like they had like dogs and ponies but they also had exotic birds and falcons and at one point they had two bears which had to be let go they were cut because they had to um they were too expensive basically (laughs) but she like has always loved dogs when she first arrived in france she kept like company with just like the maids and a group of like 20 dogs she's just like me (laughs) (laughs) yeah she but her favorite breeds were like terriers and like maltese so she was like a fiat 500 girl who liked the brown crusty eye stinky yes. fish dog so mary was loved by all of the french court except for the queen of france catherine de medici who you might know if you've played assassin's creed the de medicis and if you've watched the show the medicis like it's quite a powerful italian family who managed to get their daughter into the french monarchy and she's quite a stern woman she isn't somebody that mary could turn to for motherly love and affection so instead mary wrote detailed letters back to mary guise who encouraged her to spare no detail and these letters also show how devoutly catholic mary still was much to her mother's pleasure who was back in the fastly reforming scotland and these letters between mary queen of scots and mary guise still survive and they're kept in edinburgh to this day Mary's health did become a cause for concern and she was showing signs of nervousness that would cause her to become ill, much like what happened to her dad, James. When she was 13, her uncle, who was where in the French court, thought it necessary to write to her mother in order to contradict these reports. He told her that although sometimes she got heartburn and indigestion due to a hearty appetite, she was just fine. And I think she's just like me for that. Although it must be said that, like, even though he did try to dispel this, like, Mary has a bout of nervousness that causes her to slip into a coma. Been there. If I get too stressed, bedtime. Bedtime. <laughs> they could not wake her up, like, for days. And they, like, planned her funeral and everything because of this. As she grows older, it's noted that Mary was eloquent and beautiful with a clear complexion. Everybody constantly bangs on about how good her skin is. If you do research into what Mary Queen of Scots' skincare routine is, which obviously I did, I was like, right, drop the skincare routine, sis, if it's that good. (laughs) She washed her face and skin with white wine, which acted as like a facial toner and exfoliant, and that's why her complexion was so clear. And it was French white wine. So it was like the creme de la creme. (laughs) Look at you, polyglot. (laughs) So cunty of her. But like, just like wanted to draw some comparisons between Mary Queenie Scots and Jamie Genevieve. (laughs) (laughs) Two Scottish girls with great skin. Anyway. (laughs) Jamie Genevieve. (laughs) Haven't heard that name in years. So as well as having a clear complexion, she was especially tall by 16th century standards. And when she reached adulthood, she would stand 5 foot 11 inches tall. I wonder what height John Knox was because John Knox, like, so John Knox is like one of the heads of the Protestant Reformation in Scotland and he hates Mary Queen of Scots. Like most of the 
information we have on Mary Queen Scots actually comes from John Knox because he simply would not shut up about her, but he also would not shut up about how bra she was and how tall she was. So I think that John Knox might have been shorter than her, and it probably is likely. That's why she it, it gives wee man syndrome. So she's five foot eleven, whilst Francis the Dauphin stuttered and was unusually short. And um, King Henry II mm. even commented on how close Mary and Francis were. And he says, from the very first day they met, my son and she got on so well together. It was as if they had known each other for a very long time. And they would be inseparable for the amount of time they had together. For when they were like five up until I think Mary was like 16, they had never had a day apart. He would literally have been a short king, thinking about that right now. <laughs> 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 on the 4th of April, 1558, Mary signed a secret agreement that would give Scotland and her claim to England to the French crown if she died without issue. 20 days later, at the age of 15, she married Francis in a lavish wedding at Notre Dame in Paris, where she broke French tradition by wearing white. Typically, French brides would wear black. And Francis then became the King Consort of Scotland. I'm pretty sure the festivities for the wedding were held in the Louvre in the middle of Paris. Nothing happened to ruin the happiness of the festivities of their wedding, except that during the course of the meal, Mary's head and neck began to ache due to the painful weight of the Scottish crown jewels which sat on top of it. Foreshadowing. Yeah, I think there's like some symbolism in there somewhere. <laughs> Uh, as well as this, somebody also lost an eye during a jousting accident at the wedding feast, but other than that, it went off without a hitch. And in November of that year, Henry VIII's eldest daughter, Mary, Bloody Mary, Queen of England, died, leaving the throne to her Protestant sister, Elizabeth I, Mary's cousin, by the way. Now, the French monarchy, and probably also Mary Queen of Scots at this point in time, because Elizabeth is a Protestant queen, they didn't view her claim to the English throne as being, like, strong. They mm. believed that a Catholic monarch should be on the English throne. And the French monarchy and the French nobility are like, Mary should be the Queen of England. She's the rightful Queen of England because she's Catholic, and also because it would mean Francis would be king of England. These comments would go on to haunt Mary for the rest of her life, even though she also kind of kept it gone. <laughs> like Mary, like as soon as she gets into Scotland when she's older, she's like, right, fuck this. Like I need the English throne. Like that's all I want. And she's very driven to become Girl Queen of England. And it'll, uh, she might lose her. her head for that. Yeah. So despite all the lovey-dovey happiness between Mary and Francis, which like based on every other episode we've done about like nobility and royalty, a happy marriage or a happy like companionship, hard to come by. It really is. Short-lived. Happiness short-lived as well. (laughs) Because um, speaking of the aforementioned jousting (laughs) accident, King Henry... He loved a bit of a joust. It was a, it got a bit crazy. At a wedding in 1559, uh, the king broke three lances with the Duke of Savoy, the Duke of Guise, and then the Count of Montgomery. And my understanding of breaking lances is like that's when they do the they do the jousting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which was all fine um, until the king challenged Montgomery to break one last one final tender lance with him there's something homoerotic <laughs> about it apparently with some sense of impending doom and misfortune uh montgomery really tried to excuse himself but then the old command thy sovereign card was pulled <laughs> what a prick Ruh-roh. he's a prick for this <laughs> so catherine de medici the wife 
of Henry had many premonitions about her husband dying in a jousting accident. And when Montgomery and Henry's lances met, Montgomery's lance splintered and one part of it went through the king's eye and another bit sliced his thrussy. Very bad. He was alive for a while after it as well. Yeah, it was like nine days. <laughs> what I want to know is how people know that Catherine had premonitions of this and how during like some sort of satanic panic, people didn't kill her because that's very witchcraft-like. Uh, did you know there's like an ancient sort of like superstition that your soul stays in your body nine days after dying? <gasps> oh, maybe that's So in my long. mind, he was already dead and he was on borrowed time mm. and they were weighing up his soul. And so despite the circumstances, Catherine found <laughs> a little bit of comfort in the death of her husband because she had a lot of, she put a lot of trust into astrology and premonitions. So she was like, in my bag, I was right. <laughs> like, 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 she was no, like, imagine, at least I was right about this. <laughs> like, imagine it's a comfort imagine, to know. Imagine your uh, partner dying, and you're like, oh, such a Gemini. <laughs> I seen this coming. <laughs> I hate to say I told you so, but <laughs> alas, fifteen-year-old Francis and sixteen-year-old Mary become king and queen of France. Could you imagine being? Like 15-year-old you who's on Tumblr typing out about whiteies. Could you imagine? Being... I could not imagine having any responsibilities at the age of 15. Never mind like a monarchy where you're essentially just a pawn your entire life. If you're Mary Queen of Scots anyway. But mace monarchs are normally just pieces in a bigger game. So You could call it a Game of Thrones. Yeah. You could, uh, you could <laughs> call it a heavy burden to bear. If anybody Song. wants to remember back two minutes when <laughs> her neck was nearly breaking underneath the pain of the crown jewels. <laughs> so anyway, just shortly after Mary was declared Queen Consort of France, her mum would go on to become seriously ill and Mary Guise's mind would begin to wander and on some days she could hardly even speak. And on the 8th of June she made her will and then she died of dropsy on the 11th of June 1560. Bad luck would further follow the young couple when in the winter of 1560, the sickly King Francis would get a middle ear infection which would cause him to faint in court. And he would not regain consciousness after fainting. Like, he would not he would not wake up for this, basically. He was kind of like a wee bit lucid. The ear infection would go on to form an abscess in his brain, leading him to die on December 5th, leaving behind a grief-stricken widow, Mary who had never been apart from him since she arrived in France at the age of five. So that was 11 whole years she was with her bestie, then husband, and oh. no more. Surely things can't get worse for her than this. <laughs> I feel like we should have maybe had like a soundboard that we just went, <laughs> like every time we say a paragraph here on out, it's just going to be shit. So... No longer Queen of France, Mary boarded a ship to Leaf nine months after Francis's death. And she was proper and stoic in saying her goodbyes and she was very, very strong at the harbour and then eventually boarded the ship. But the entire sail back to Scotland, she sat on the furthest end of the ship, closest to France, softly crying her goodbyes to the only home she'd ever known. Apparently she weeped and weeped and she said, adieu, adieu France. <laughs> <laughs> that is what she, she said. She's just like me. She's the original coquette. Like, she actually embodies what it is. It is given headphones on, leaning against the car window. Listening to Halsey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
She returned to Scotland and although met with cheering crowds, the country had become even more divided between Catholic and Protestant factions. Mary's illegitimate half-brother, so the son of James V, who was also called James, James Stuart the early Murray, was the leader of the Protestant nobles who had reformed the Church of Scotland. And also the Protestant reformer John Knox, upon her arrival, preached against Mary from the pulpit. He condemned her for hearing mass, dancing and for dressing too elaborately. And she actually no long after arriving in Scotland summoned John Knox into her presence to take him on. But she was unsuccessful and she charged him with treason, but he was acquitted and released. I imagine him as Scrappy-Doo from the Scooby-Doo movie and she's Daphne. And it's like when he pisses on her, you know? Yeah, he's constantly like... I am not religious and do not care for Christianity in a way that would make me passionate neither here nor there for Catholicism or Protestantism, but um, John Knox is an actual piece of shit. He's a woman hater. He found it very, very painful that Scotland had a female monarch. He didn't feel that that was right. Personally, I believe that we shouldn't hate monarchs at all, Uh, (laughs) but John Knox was very vocal in his hatred towards women and all things fun. So Mary is now back in Scotland, as you said, and one noticeable difference between Scotland and France is Scottish nobility is pretty much uh, unrecognisable when compared to that of the French. There's no real structure to it. There's no court. It's a lawless, mismanaged place. And if you've ever worked in retail over Christmas, same thing, (laughs) (laughs) like same thing, people everywhere, everyone saying shit, no one doing anything uh, well. Uh, There was a lot of disputes and violent outbreaks between families. Um, This is very common because they were all tense because they were skint, basically, after fighting with England for years. And despite these many problems, uh, Mary managed to have fun. She's a manic Pixie dream girl. Like, <laughs> she, she finds whimsy and everything. I'm a big fan of her after this episode. <laughs> I get it now. Like you were saying earlier, I also didn't understand the the hype, as it were. But the more you learn, she is fun. So apparently a common pastime of her was getting in drags, dressing up as a in like male appearance and going out amongst her subjects and just like socializing with them. And because of her height and her Carly Claus four inch long, four, four inch, four foot long <laughs> legs, uh, looking camp right in the eye, uh, <laughs> it was very convincing as a man. So it was like almost unclockable. Um, there was one bank which she went to where she got all of the Marys. Uh, her entire policy were dressed as men. At the I love this. I love this. <laughs> For what reason? Unknown. Apparently, they like flung the doors at them, and the Marys all like. <laughs> I don't know. There was uh, probably like loop music playing. Like, <laughs> is there not a scene in Saint Trinian's where <gasps> they are all yes. dressed as boys? I'm thinking yes. of it as that. Yes. Yes. Um, Mary Queen of Scott in drag inspired uh, the pirate Fritton. Mary Queen of Scots was Shakespeare. Like, we're going to find this out in a few years' time. <laughs> yeah. No, I believe that. I believe that. I'll go along with that. <laughs> I've always said that. And she even dressed as a man once while riding against the rebels in 1565 in order to ride at the head of her army. She was the first diva to bring non binary Lukes to the table. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, people say Shakespeare invented drag. I beg to differ. Exactly. Mary Queen of Scots 
invented and they're the same person so like whoever you're giving credit to it's true she's the man exactly i I literally (laughs) have in my notes here she was going she's the man (laughs) um she really enjoyed heading her army in war and spent a few years like touring across the country to confront like unruly lords in the highlands those highlands bastards you can't trust them but eventually she had to like take responsibility get married have an heir um but if we want to talk about like lasting evidence in history of queer genes like this family (laughs) her in her drag era which is like inherent queerness like she was because like it didn't even necessarily need to be like that like she wanted to dress as a man a lot and then her son was also like a fruit i think it's genetic i don't think it's nurture it's nature i think it's like one of those things where not us talking about like uh philosophy on queerness and but I think it's like one of those um two hit things like you know how like some things are genetic but they need like uh like you know how schizophrenia can be genetic but you don't necessarily always present it but like if someone smokes weed and they have like enough of the like unlock it yeah yeah unlock it lock it um yeah I think it's like that like enough experiences to turn one queer yeah like when James was like just told to hate women and fear God and he was like, Oh God, I don't know what you look now and then just look to boys. Be, <laughs> I don't think it can be undone though, because I think it's a formative experience as well, combined with Yeah. Two. That's just I my agree. two cents. There's no substance to what I think about this. Like that's just me saying. It's From queer my, theory. Yeah. <laughs> which we're allowed to speak on, I guess. As experts in queer theory and as historians. <laughs> and since everybody else is making up shite about Mary Queen of Scots, <laughs> we're throwing our hat into the ring. <laughs> so, speaking of errors and responsibilities, Mary, after Francis' Francis's death, had led a life of celibacy. And up until this point, her only thoughts about marriage had been to gain power. The entire time after Francis died, she actually wanted to marry a Spanish prince who was i'm pretty sure he was descended uh, i did google a picture of him and he's got that Habsburg jaw very inbred he had very bad seizures he had like uneven shoulders one leg was longer one leg was shorter than the other he was prone to psychotic episodes and stuff and mary being mary like had a look at that and went yes because he's catholic (laughs) (laughs) give me a piece but thank god that well not thank god maybe she would have been better off with him because all it took was a touch of a certain hunk's hand and all of Mary's caution, her thoughts of Queen Elizabeth's approval of her marriage and more importantly, her own wisdom, which had never been questioned up until this point. Everybody said Mary is very like well put together. She's got a big head on her shoulders. She's very smart. All of that gets thrown to the wind for Henry Stuart Lord Darnley. Mary's cousin, who shared Tudor lineage and the claim to the Scottish throne. Darnley was tall, which, if you're Mary, is good, considering that she's taller than basically everybody else alive at this point. I like that we have not changed over hundreds of years of like human evolution. We've not changed. It's like, on Tinder, people will not look at someone under six foot. Like, <laughs> see, if you say five foot eleven and six foot, there's actually statistics on the change of like how many clicks you get. So a five foot eleven man might that. as well be six foot. We're but, seeing uh, that right now in action. Nothing, 
nothing has changed for hundreds of years. I love it. Well, when it came to like Mary and Lord Darnley, like it was very much physical. So mm-hmm. he was good looking and better yet, he was a way onto the English throne for Mary. So what could possibly go wrong? After writing to each other a few times, Darnley travelled from London in February 1565 and was presented to Mary at Weems Castle in Fife. A Scottish diplomat at the time said, Her Majesty took him well and said that he was the lustiest and best proportioned man she had ever seen. So Mary's down bad, and after that, they were basically inseparable. They married on July 29th that year in a Catholic ceremony, although Darnley did not join Mary in mass after the wedding. Mary's advisors didn't approve of this marriage, not only because Darnley had left England without the consent of Queen Elizabeth, which had thrown her into, like, fits of rage. Like, she went mental. Side note, Queen Elizabeth I was. I was not mentally sound. By all accounts, she was very, like prone to violent outbursts. Lead-based face paint. Yeah, lead-based face paint. Is a tongue twister. I didn't realise till I said it. (laughs) Yeah. So lead-based makeup and also years and years and years of inbreeding will do that to one's brain. That is a thing, isn't it? Lead-based makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth used so much lead-based face paint that her hair began to fall out, her skin would fall off and crack. Um... Me? If you Google <laughs> if you Google lead based makeup, the first thing that comes up is lead based makeup Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> it's the first. So hit. that's her legacy. Her legacy is being a virgin and being ugly. <laughs> that's, the re- that's the real reason Mary had to die. She was a countress. She's yeah. Mary's good looking. Um, they so literally could not handle her. So basically, Darnley doesn't tell. Elizabeth, that he's gone to go and meet Mary Queen of Scots, which is like a betrayal. Um, they're not actually enemies at this point. They do write each other, and Mary's constantly like, "Who are you hanging about putting on the throne after you die? Is it me?" <laughs> so, if Mary had married somebody that Elizabeth approved, of, she might have been a shoe in for being the heir mm. to the English throne. But nobody told Elizabeth that Darnley was leaving for Scotland, and that kind of ruined the approval. As well as this, Darnley was a syphilitic, drunk egomaniac who constantly slept about. Mary became a wary's vain and arrogant and unreliable qualities which threatened the well-being of the crown and she denied him the crown matrimonial which would have made him the successor to the Scottish throne if she died childless. She did become pregnant with baby James VI a month into their marriage and it wouldn't take long after that for the relationship to deteriorate entirely. No, Darnley's constantly out all night, possibly visiting brothels, definitely drinking, definitely sleeping with mistresses and stuff like that. But the thing is, is that he gets back really, really late, which means he has to get the castle gates opened for him in the early hours of the night or like late hours of the night which basically puts Mary at risk it puts James at risk and it puts every single person in the castle at risk a, any enemy entering and the lords seem like get more and more and more pissed off with us as time goes on so <clears throat> in a plot to force Mary into ceding crown matrimonial to him, Darnley conspired with a band of Protestant lords and had them break into Mary's apartments in the Palace of Holyrood, where she and her half-sister Lady Jean Stewart and her private secretary David Rizzio were having a little kiki. They were having supper <laughs> and Rizzio 
who is Mary's secretary is like playing the lute and stuff. He's a, he's our secretary, but he's also like he's an entertainer. He's mainland Europe. He's interesting. Where Darnley is not. He's a wee guy. There is nothing to suggest that they were having an affair, but that's what the Protestant rumor is at the time. And Darnley thinks that it's a good enough excuse mm. to put together this plot. So. The Queen's six months pregnant at the time and the Protestant lords burst into her room and demand that Rizzio be handed over. Mary refuses. There's like upwards of like six or ten guys with swords and guns and they're like, hand him air. And she's like, nah, <laughs> like that is my friend. But Rizzio hid behind Mary, clutching at her skirts, but eventually he was dragged away. Mary also claimed that one of the lords had pointed a gun at her stomach, although the guy that did that disputed that, as you would, because treason. Yeah. <laughs> Rizzio was dragged through the bedchamber and he was stabbed 57 times before his body was thrown down the staircase nearby, which is now disused, and he was stripped of his jewels and fine clothes that Mary had had made for him. Mary had an extensive jewellery collection that she would use to keep people close or she would use to keep people safe. Um, and they took all that away from him. They even took his like nice altered clothes and they were ruined and they still took them away. <laughs> the location of Rizzio's murder is marked with a small plaque in the audience chamber at the Palace of Holyrood, underneath which is a red mark on the floorboard, which was reportedly left where Rizzio's blood pooled. Although I have had it in good faith for a historian in the last 24 hours that they repaint that every year. <laughs> 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 Sounds like your standard Edinburgh tourism. So <laughs> Darnley was either hoping that Mary would become sick and have a miscarriage and die so that he could claim the Scottish throne. But it didn't take long for Mary to find out that he was actually behind the murder of her friend. And with baby James on the way, however, they had to play happy families. And that's where we'll pick up in the next episode. Oh my God, next episode's going to be crazy. Surely it can't get any worse than that. Uh, the pantomime callback for <laughs> uh, um, I she mean, is she is Bella Hadid she is Bella Hadid I've had the best time researching this and for me like to know text you being like oh my god I've just been this it <laughs> And like text you a bit constantly because I'm getting to the point where I shut my eyes. I see Mary Queen of Scots. I go to sleep at night. I'm dreaming about Mary Queen of Scots. Like all I talk about and have talked about for the last three weeks is Mary. And I'm quite right for that. I have developed a parasocial relationship with her. And I just know that she and I would be very good friends. I think so too. Like she would get it. She gets it. Pretty girls Live understand. Patreon, live Patreon exclusive where we get a Ouija board out and have a seance in order seance. to contact Mary Queen of Scots. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Well, we'd be the only cunts who couldn't find her ghost if we didn't get it. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I am excited. Well, I'm obviously not excited to do the next episode because the next episode is a fucking sad. Ah, uh, it's sad. Ah, uh, it's L after, after L that, after though. L. Episode after that, though, is going to be fun. It's going to be, we'll try and avoid the Mary's ghosts that we've already spoken about. <laughs> the Life and Death of Mary Queen of Scots, part one. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at the Creepy Wee Podcast, Instagram at the Creepy Wee Podcast. Uh, you can buy merch at the Creepy Wee Podcast at UK. And if you've ever seen the ghost of Mary Queen of Scots, send us an email at the Creepy Wee Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Bye.
what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> 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 <laughs>